Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Soul Lux Life Podcast. I'm Chris Peter, host, and I am here with Casanova McKenzie. Hi. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Thanks for coming on. Y'all, here's so be Like, it took me months to book this podcast. So it's really going to be a good one. So just tell us a little bit about you, where you grew up. Uh, of course, Casanova McKenzie grew up on the east side of uh, Birmingham, East Lake area. We uh, were in high school, graduated from uh, pretty much 30 years old. I have a sibling, which is a sister. Uh, I was like, like growing up with, with a sister. I grew up with a sister, but like you, are you the big brother or who's older? Uh, my sister is definitely older. We didn't grow up in the same household. Uh, we uh, definitely had a relationship. I always had a relationship with each other. She she stayed with her dad and I stayed with my mom. We always just kept in contact with each other. Yeah, so even now, are y'all close? Yeah, we're getting there. <laughs> yeah, so when when did the love for football start? I know we can't really dive deep into that, but just kind of walk us through that. When did you start playing? Well, I started at a like, super early age. If I'm not mistaken, it was like five or six years old. Once I got to high school, I started, you know, all types of offers and things like that. You know, really figured out how good I am. That's when I started getting So it was like a natural talent. You didn't, like, go to camps and stuff growing up. You were just good at it. I went to one camp. Uh, it was like a Nike training camp. And, uh, I did pretty good, and I just took off from there. So was that a passion? Like, you know, when you're young growing up, did you say, like, hey, I want to play football when I grow up? Is that your thing? Uh, when I was growing up, I only knew, like, Eddie Jones and Richard Bush, like those type of players. I wouldn't say it was a passion. Never really thought about the NFL or college until I actually got the first uh, college offer that was actually from UAB. Nice. So you didn't take off. <laughs> Do you think your decision to go to Auburn really made an impact in your football career? Uh, I'm a firm believer that no matter where you go, as uh, long as you apply yourself, uh, you have a positive outcome. Uh, I have, uh, I had like the top schools and multiple options. I chose Auburn for the family. Yeah, so did you ever go through a period where you were maybe injured and you couldn't play? Did you have any challenges when it came to your profession? Never really had any real challenges until I actually got to the NFL. I had some of my first surgeries. So I went through my whole football career from a kid to high school to college, then to the pro. That's when I had my first surgery. So I actually had two surgeries. Like right when I'm getting started, I want to get hurt. But you bounce back from those, obviously. So during that time, were you like, did you know you were going to recover and be good, or were you kind of like, okay, well, dang, what if I'm like out? Did those thoughts ever cross your mind? With, with those type, type of injuries I had, uh, it was always more mental. Uh, you know, you had some of the best uh, NFL papers on the best doctors, so that that wasn't going to be the problem. The problem was uh, getting through that mental block of leaving a certain thing that you still have the strength to do what you did before you had the injury. Yeah, so believe in yourself. So kind of what is one thing that you would do, I guess, to kind of hype yourself up or kind of keep your head in the game um, to anyone that's listening and maybe struggling? Oh, I mean, it just really with motivation. You know, like me, uh, I'm a self-motivated. Like, I like being held accountable. You know, I like I like trying to, to be the best at, at what I'm doing, even if that's like mopping floors or cooking. I want to be the best cook, be the best gelatin, whatever. So it really was motivation. 
So you're really always in competition with yourself. Yeah. Just get into it. Okay, so kind of switching gears. So we're sitting in your business, Casanova. This is a bar slash lounge. Yeah, so what? when did you decide that you wanted to open a bar? Uh, it was actually during the COVID period. COVID getting everything shut down. Of course, uh, we couldn't play football. We couldn't. Everything we could do work out. So I was really at home uh, being a dad, being uh, a fiance. And it was like going to work out, come home. That really ain't what, what I want to do. So I'm like, man, this was this what retirement <laughs> going to be like. Right. Let me so, find, figure something out. I had to figure something out. You know, we just came up with a game plan. Execute. That's really what's came. Now I just have a passion. Yeah. So, what was the hardest part about opening business? Uh, I just had to say, like, coming up with the concept. You know, just going by like all the different things, like all the places that I like in, try to put them together, try to like bring something that the, the demographic of Birmingham will enjoy and will adapt to. So, I definitely say that challenge. It's still change. Yeah. You know, people change with the seasons, so you gotta keep up. <laughs> How's fatherhood? I'm a parent, so I know I know how it is with kids. <laughs> well, I, I I love being a father. I love uh, being able to coach my son on me because you know, certain things that he shouldn't shouldn't be doing. Or me personally, I don't want like a it's like really two shoe type kid. I want <laughs> I, I want him to like make mistakes like so coach him up. Have the opportunity to actually be, excuse me, to actually be a father and be a parent. Uh, love spending time with him. I love just the fact that my first child was a boy, <laughs> so I get to experience like actually what I want. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty life changing too. Oh, definitely life changing for sure. What was the most challenging part? I guess. How do you balance playing football, running the club? Being a dad, like, how do you juggle that work-life balance? Uh, just honestly, I, I, I'm still, <laughs> trying, I'm still <laughs> trying to, still trying to figure it out now, you know. So, it's uh, I actually just got a journey to uh, help me uh, delegate all the things that I actually have going on. But I, I know I have to do something. Now. I'll forget. Mm-hmm. Mind, just go black, I'm there too. I think it's like a 30s thing. Or you hit the 30s, it's like, okay, that's all right. Uh, it's my calendar. <laughs> Set a reminder for it. <laughs> but do you think time management plays a big role? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I, I, I like, I have to, I, I like to be on time. I, I, I like to have like structure when it comes to my life because that's what I'm used to because of football. You know, just having to like put so many things into 12 hours or 24 hours and then you're just like oh it's not enough time <laughs> so uh, it definitely can be difficult and challenges but just like make it happen mm-hmm. so what's the day like for you i guess we'll do it like according to seasons like during football season what's a typical day like like when you wake up what's your routine what do you do? so you'll probably wake up about 7 30 it uh, really depends on when they uh, ask you, or not ask you, <laughs> to report or be there. They usually start about nine football meetings, workouts, and breakfast, those types of things. You go through meetings for about four and a half hours. Then you get to the football field for about two and a half hours. Then you meet again 
Mm-hmm. I practice for another two and a half hours. Very good lunch. I mean, not lunch, but uh, dinner. We probably get home at about 6 30, 7 o'clock. And if you're like really, really passionate about what you do, you maybe get home at 9 30. Extra work. Yeah, maybe in the late morning. Something like that. But, um, yeah, so that's really a full time job. And it's like seven days a week. So, how do off days go during that season? Um, me personally, I don't think it's something off day. Ain't no off day. I don't think it's something off day. You know, it's it just it's just one of the things like what you put in is what you're gonna get out. Absolutely. So uh, I want to say the off day may be like a more calm, chill day. Slow day. Yeah. 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 So during the off season, I guess like now, what's a typical day like for you? Are you more engaged in the club and your business? Are you more engaged in like? Uh, chilling with your son, being proactive in his life. Like, what's the day like for you? It's pretty, it's pretty, right now, it's pretty much workout, uh, trying to find ways to keep the, the lounge and everything, keep it all fresh for the consumers and stuff like that to get a, you know, just somewhere to go, uh, fun, good vibes, stuff like that. Then, of course, you, I make, of course, I make time for my son. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, uh, then, Able to work out and have a social life outside of everything. Yeah, like that's I think honestly, I think that's one of the biggest, one of the like hardest things to do is actually make a a, a life outside of like a personal life or a social life for that ain't got nothing to do with football or yeah. business or uh, stuff. I, I, that's the most. That's your biggest challenge. That's right my now. biggest challenge. That's definitely my biggest challenge. Yeah. People are always on me about answering the phone. They're like, you don't answer the phone. You don't text. Y'all know I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> Busy running a business, just being me. But that's how we get it, though. And I think having a social life is a big, it, it keeps that balance. kind of keeps you grounded. Sometimes we can be going and going and going, going and just like missing out on life yeah. and people that are in our lives. Yeah, that's what I'm afraid. Yeah, I kind of have to deal with that. Like, I work so much um, real estate, you know, I'm starting a music career, like all this other stuff that I'm doing. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Big Janice. <laughs> but I'm also having to balance being a mom. Um, like, I'm divorced, so like I'm a single mom at this point, too, so I'm trying to take care of kids. having to stop what I do in the middle of the day to, like, run and pick them up. So it can definitely be a challenge. Do you want my kids? Um, <laughs> I do. Later on? Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things you're going to have to adjust to. Yeah. So when you made it to the NFL, was that like life changing for your family? Are you the first one out the family? Mm-hmm. The first superstar out the family? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So how is that for everyone? Like how is that for the people closest to you? Were they just as excited? Everybody know it was gonna happen or was it kinda like we didn't expect him to go to this spot? <laughs> no, they definitely they definitely expected it. They definitely expected, especially when they were close to me that always came to like the RP game. They always came to the games. My cousin, they were there every weekend. And uh, those people are still actually here uh, supporting me and stuff like that. But as far as the, the experience and the life, it definitely was life changing. You know, uh, I learned a lot of things, you know, a lot of a lot of life or skills, you know, being accountable and stuff like that. It was definitely life changing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was cool. It's cool. It's cool. It was a good change. Was it mm-hmm. kind of like a shell shock that kind of hit you? 
No, nah, it, it was like one of them things like, man, like, I can't believe I'm, I'm good enough to be here. You know, yeah. like, uh, I'm in the locker room with, with these, like, Hall of Fame, well, future Hall of Fame players. players. Mm-hmm. And, like, I go from watching them on TV and, yeah, yeah now playing with them. So that's definitely uh, pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. So what would you say to, I guess, a young man that's, you know, hoping that he goes? What's what's the best piece of advice that you would give someone that was Man, the best advice I can get somebody that want to go pro is make the sacrifices now. You know, like when I was in high school and I was like, uh, I had like friends and they'll be partying with different girls and stuff. And I was always like someone working, you know, flipping tires. And uh, that's what I mean by like make, making a sacrifice for now because when it's time to party, you know, everybody's around. But when it's time to like put that work in, you know what I'm saying, put a foot forward what you want to do, what you want to be in life, you're always going to find yourself by yourself. Yeah. So definitely make a sacrifice now and, uh, you know, treat people how you treat people accordingly, how you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. So those definitely the big things that, that got me, you know, to a certain place. Because they're telling to take you somewhere that your character can keep you. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. And I like how you said, you know, when you were out, when people were out partying, you were, you know, doing your own thing, still working, trying to get to the next level. I think a lot of people's problem is they don't know how to stay up. Mm-hmm. They're afraid to miss out. Even if they know, like, I shouldn't be here, I really should be studying, I should be, you know, in the weight room, or whatever it is, they just won't say no because they don't want to miss out. So, did you lose people along this journey? Of you been? I lost a lot of people. You know, and it's mm. and I'm cool with it. Yeah. I'm cool with it. You know, like, the reason I'm cool with it is because when they fell off, they were definitely for a reason. Right. You know, you pray to God and ask God to protect you, cover you with know, Jesus and stuff like that. And then when you do it, you can't be upset about it. Mm-hmm. He definitely removes people from your life when you're ready to go to the next level. That's kind of one thing I have to be aware of. Like people I was like, never thought I would see myself not cool with like I ain't cool anymore. But after that, things just started elevating my life. Everybody can't go to the next level with you. Yeah, yeah. I believe people are seasoned, you know, in the Air Force, specific reason, and so forth. I love it, though. So how was the process like for you? So when you got, I don't even know how this works. So I guess you get picked for the draft, they just call you, say, hey, you're invited to. How does that process work? <laughs> And you get so basically you get a phone call. You just it's like three days. I think it's, it's April. I think April. It's April of May. Yeah. It's a three day process. So you have three days to get your name called. You, know, you get your name called. They call you. Be like hey, like you want to pick you up. You want to say welcome to Tampa Bay. You know, <laughs> they'll tell you well uh, you report to Rookie Minicamp. Rookie Minicamp may be two. Three weeks after the phone call, like, like, oh, it's, time to go. it's time for business. You know, they like it. business. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. what people understand is in college, it's it's you know what I'm saying. You pretty much, you know, you'll get away with a lot. You know, mm-hmm. when you make when you go to the NFL, you may go out there and practice, and you may be number fifty-seven. You may when you come back in and practice, you may get cut. Next thing you know, you look back on the roster the next day, somebody else is 57. You know, so you're very, very replaceable. So you got you have to come to work every day. You, you have know. to stay on top of it. 
everything with that. Chanel, that's the biggest, biggest problem, especially for rookies. You know, it's, it's when you're in college, you man. Now you out there with there's a thousand of you out there. Right. So, I was making you stand out. Yeah, making you sure. That's definitely what it is. So were you nervous when you had to report to like rookie camp and things like that? No, no I wasn't. It was definitely because of the, the school I came from. I definitely feel like I was prepared physically. Mm -hmm. uh, the biggest challenge is definitely is more of a mental. Because in the I, and this is my opinion, I feel like the NFL is uh, maybe 80% mental and 20% physical. You know, like I don't think it's a real physical problem. If you if you on the NFL roster, you you are def, def you are definitely there physically. Right. But the problem is mental. A lot of people uh, when they get there, they're not mentally prepared. You know, because they're so used to in college, you just banging and banging, banging. You know, they just practice totally different. It was really about the fundamentals. Of the game. Mm. Or like the structure outside of what's on the field. Exactly. Pretty much like yeah. hence all the meetings that you said that you yeah. go to yeah. every day. It's like you're in meetings more than you are on the field. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, yeah. For sure. Yeah. So how was like um life like when you actually went? Because you know at that point, like you're in the NFL, of course you have like women throwing themselves at you. Were you tied down in a relationship then or were you kind of living that single life like, hey, oh I'm not here. No, I went, but you know what? <laughs> I always been something about me like I always been like older older mentally than I than I physically was. Like, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I was outside, but it wasn't. I wasn't for everybody. Mm -hmm. You know, something like that. I definitely put my profession first. You know, I'm not gonna be out at two or three o'clock like messing with women. I gotta do it at six. Like in college, I did that because I was <laughs> it, it was I was maybe the best linebacker in my in my room but mm -hmm. when you're in a failure like you got other linebackers in there that's like <laughs> that's it's either really good as you or you know what I'm saying like or the same you know so I, I really ain't have time for all that but off season yeah you know we, <laughs> we turned up, turned up. You know, we played hard and then hard and all that stuff so balance that's yeah. what it comes down to so you gotta work hard so you can play the harder I love it though. So, what are your goals? What are your goals in the next five to ten years for you to yourself? My goals is definitely to uh, have my own hospitality group, uh, you know, hundred some unit apartment complexes and university campus, stuff like that. Casanova uh, uh, nonprofit learning centers, and, you know, things like that. Like mm -hmm. stuff that very, stuff that's very reachable, you know. And uh, I'm working, I'm definitely working on it right now. I'm definitely on the right path. So I'm definitely excited about it. Yeah, it sounds exciting. I know earlier you mentioned just like your faith in God. So how has that played a role in getting you to where you are now? Was it just like a turning point moment? You were like, oh, let me, my life break. Let me get on the same page that God is. Yeah, <laughs> I actually got a story about that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I was actually, everything was going good until now in NFL. Making the plan, making plays. <laughs> but Make you know, before play. that, <laughs> yeah. before all that came, I'm like, oh God, waking up every morning, thank you, God, for waking me up. Thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. yeah. Everything could be going good. I get, you know, everything going smooth. So making the books, making the plays. <laughs> Life is great. Life is good. <laughs> Man, wheels, all turns. Messing around and got hurt. Mm. Tore my pick. And it, it like hit me. Like, you know what I'm saying? The pay went down. 
you know, start losing friends, you know, all type of stuff. And like, when I thought about it, I said, man, I know I got to go back to the drawing board. You know what I'm saying? The drawing board is like, you know, like, I put so much time like into my faith and then I believe. And then after once I started doing that, you know, everything started picking back up and it just hit me. It was like, man, like, this is what I need. Yeah, this is what I need in my life to get to do the things that I want to do at a high level. This is not only what I need, it's, it, it definitely should be a part. So I definitely learned from, from that experience and I don't leave I can't afford to. <laughs> can't afford to. He'll, he'll break it down. Man. Wow, me. He'll break it down. Hey, on the floor, <laughs> But really, he'll get you to that point sometimes just to draw you back nearer and closer to him. Like sometimes God gives us an open box. So we can remember how we got here and what's going to sustain us and keep us here. Yeah. So I love it. You go to church? Yeah. Where do you go? Blue Island Star. I go back and forth from Blue Island Star and Church of the House. Mm-hmm. I definitely like Church of House a lot too. Yeah. Did you kind of instill that? Is that what you did growing up? Did Were you in church a lot growing up? Um, grandma, she tried to keep, she tried to keep me in. Mm-hmm. You know, but once I got old, once I got older, I started doing my own thing. I think I would play like off a little bit. Yeah, we all struggle. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> right. I love it though. So, is there anything that you would say to just encourage someone that's kind of trying to get to where you are? No moment is really too big. You know, it's like I'm a firm believer that, uh, like, even for the staff, I always try to like instill or install into them that we have to serve more. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I thought I think that was one of my problems. I'm like, man, making money. I done did some successful things in my life. Like, I'm still waking up. I feel like I haven't done it. Yeah. And when I came, when I came to the conclusion, and uh, it was about you have to serve more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Even even Jesus served and wiped his disciples' feet. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, you, you definitely have to serve more. You never, I'm always pushing, you never know somebody's going through something. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, just want to treat people the right way, you know. And I'm like super big on that. Even like in health, you know what I'm saying? Meeting so many people and, and dealing with so many personalities and attitudes, like you have to learn how to have patience and treat people. You know what I'm saying? That's definitely big on serving. So I, I believe every time you get a chance to serve, like you definitely should serve. To serve, like, and sometimes even when it don't make sense, even when it don't, it may be somebody that's around you, and you know that person do not like you. You know what I'm saying? You know that person do not like you. You So, still want to try to find a way to serve, but that's what God wants to do. Absolutely, isn't this right? Because we're supposed to live our life like Jesus. I know I fall as Mary's. She's going to be doing some stuff. We all do. But <laughs> we all do. That's a good point. Um, servitude and just being of service. So I feel like I serve with real estate. I feel like it's a ministry for me. Because I get to help people. Because it's so fun when I get like a new first time home buyer. Like I never thought I would be able to buy a house. It's such a fulfilling experience for me. Yeah. So I can see that. 
Yeah, it is. And um, compared to just previous jobs that I had where I wasn't really serving, it was just like working on the so, I love it. In what ways do you try to serve like around the community in Birmingham? Uh, I'm always like looking, definitely always looking, looking at ways to like help people out, even if there's like putting clothes on their back, put shoes on their feet, the money they can like, give them, or give them, even give them, give them a job. I can't tell you how many times I done bought somebody who gave me a place to stay that was on the street, or gave them a job, you know, what they did with it, how they messed it up, or, you know, that's, that's on them. Yeah. Um, pretty much, you know, just always taking care of my people, mm -hmm. you know, uh, paying ties, uh, different things like that, or having Thanksgiving dinner to the homeless and mm -hmm. stuff like that. It's so many ways. <laughs> so many ways. So. I love that. It sounds like you are a great person. You seem very humble. Because um, I guess some people think, like, if I meet someone in the field, they're going to be unapproachable. But you were very cool, very laid back. You came on the podcast, and I appreciate it. I do appreciate your time. Is there anything else you want to say to the audience? How can I get in contact with you if they need to? Just give me an idea. <laughs> he looking like you told him. IG is big B I G underscore Casanova underscore thirty. Got it. Y'all get that. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate you. <laughs>